I can hear you. Yes. Yes. Awesome. We can hear you. Sahara, can you hear? Hello, Sahara. Hello, Sahara, can you hear? All right. Um, all right. I think um, Sarah is having some trouble connecting right now. She's fixing it. So while we are waiting for her, I think it's good to uh, do a quick startup uh, and do a brief introduction of each other. So uh, morning, everyone, again, and thank you for joining this um, webinar about uh, future of schools and learning. We have some guests here today with um, Leo and also Jason from Hong Kong, the founder and also operation manager of um, MacBeCube. It's a uh, AI education platform. And also we have um, Yu from DIY Academy and also Hadi from DIY Academy uh, from Bali Island and also Jakarta of Indonesia, respectively. So um, they're also the founder of um, DIY Academy. And lastly, we have Jabra, uh, who is setting up right now uh, the CFO of the Jack School, so which is um, digitalizing the uh, the company that digitalized um, junior school and um, different primary school in Indonesia, um, in uh, across the countries. So they also said like the top ten startups to watch in 2017 by Talent Asia. So um, thank you very much for everyone and also for those who are listening to the live stream right now uh, in this Zoom call. So welcome and also. So the theme, main theme today is about uh, future of education and school. And uh, this is one of the, I would say, uh, very severely hit domain and industry um, because of the COVID-19. And we believe that the, the world of education and school will be quite different in the sense that um, the way we take exam, the way we learn, the way we understand campus and uh, lifelong learning will be much more different. And um, I directly throw a very harsh question to everyone, especially Leo and Jason right now, um, because you, you you guys may have a bit more background on education and, and e-learning. To, to us, uh, especially younger generations, I think e-learning has been something quite a long time. I mean, since our primary school, we also have been carrying out different kinds of e-learning platform and software. Um, but it seems like e-learning hasn't really been that popular, not until the time like now with the COVID-19, people are really seriously, especially the very conventional campus and school, considering, okay, we have to strive for e-learning platform. We have to go online because no one can come back to school anymore 
at the moment right now, no matter how long it will last. So this is a very big question, I would say, and uh, we definitely would like to learn more from Jason and Leo later, especially from Leo, who, who have been also very uh, experienced in computer science and education. And we would definitely like to learn more from um, Sarah and also Wayu later um, uh, about it. So um, without further ado, um, would like to uh, get everyone um, ready. Uh, I think the, the flow today, we would like to go um, first with um, some roundtable and brief introductions of everyone. Um, so we gave, would be great if we can start with um, Jason and Leo uh, about what is your background and also what is your actually doing in MacroQ in Hong Kong and then follow up with, follow with Wayu and Hardy and later on Zaha as well. So yeah, Leo and Jason, please. Thank you, Andrew, and I'm Leo. Uh, let me have a brief introduction of our company. Uh, let me first share my screen. Uh, can you see the PDF file here? Yep. Yeah, okay, thank you. Uh, maybe I will use uh, maybe five minutes to have a quick go through for our company, and then Jason will use another five minutes to do a quick demo for you. And MagicCube actually is a, a test startup in Hong Kong. Uh, we have uh, this startup uh, two years ago. And why we have this startup is actually uh, while I'm studying in uh, computer science in uh, University of Hong Kong. And I, uh, let me see guys in chat here, okay. And I found that uh, I, I connect with many different primary school teachers. And I have created an app and tablet apps that is for them to uh, doing some collaborative learning approach in mathematics. I found that many teachers actually in Hong Kong, they are willing to try many new technology, many new e-learning tools. And I also found out that many requirements from that, that actually the education system, the e-learning tools that have can uh, still have not been achieved. So that is why after my study, I have this startup and then I aims to create an interactive education platform that can maximize their uh, teaching and learning effectiveness for both the teachers and students. And the which problem that we are going to solve is actually the conventional education systems. Many people uh, in, the, in the past, they only focus on knowledge, but nowadays you look at Google search, you can even find out all the knowledge online. So uh, many educators, they want to teach students more on skills because skills is more important. And they can, for example, they will learn how to solve the problems. They will learn how to collaborate with the others. And then if even if they have missed some new problems in the future, they can also solve it. They can also learn by themselves. So you can see that there will be a new change for our way to do the teaching and learning, especially in primary or secondary schools. So how we solve this problem? And we focus on more on providing some creative teaching methods that is focused on problem solving training. We let the students to create their own intelligent device. And then through the process, we teach students how to solve, solve the problems. So our solution is a real-time interactive virtual classroom that is focused more on coding, STEM, and AI education. For example, uh, if you are a teacher teaching inside a classroom, actually I've been uh, working in university and I do some scratch uh, teaching. 
uh, while I'm teaching some uh, 120 students. I'm just like a crazy man, and I need to go through the whole classroom and then go to each student's uh, desktop one by one and look at their screen. And then I try to solve that problem and then to fix the bug. Okay, this is not effective. So what we are doing is actually we put all the students, all the process uh, on the cloud platform so that the teachers can quickly know what the students need. And then they can, for example, find out some common mistake and then explain uh, inside our classroom. This will be more efficient in the teaching. And we also make uh, the teaching and learning more effective, more uh, interactive. For example, I've just mentioned how students and teachers, they can discuss or they can interact. The students actually, they can also working in a group. They can cooperate with the others. They can try to make their own intelligent device together. And we create a co-working space for them to do so. And of course, interactive uh, in education part of it, which is more effective. Uh, you can try to compare this with a lecture style. And uh, that is a one-way teaching. This is not effective at, at all. But full interactive education, we know uh, whether the students really understand the knowledge. If you find a student uh, that they can really teach the others or they can uh, point out the, the, the uh, core problems or core questions or uh, core discussion uh, inside the classroom, that means they already know 90% of the knowledge that they need to know, they need their learning. So this is a more effective approach in pedagogy. So our product is a UNA platform, which bring teacher and students together. And we are the first platform that embed the Microsoft Micro, which is a coding editor, open source coding editor that can support BBC Microbit. So many teachers nowadays, they already teach uh, computational thinking, coding for Microbit. And we also modify the Microsoft method such that it can support Raspberry Pi. And we allow the teachers to do uh, teaching AI uh, inside the classroom. So we also use the broad coding approach uh, and with the virtual classroom. You will have some uh, understanding while Jason doing the demo later. So if a students or our teachers that they would like to use on the platform, they can subscribe our platform and then they can either upload their own teaching content or use our ready to use uh, teaching materials so that the teachers can quickly start the uh, lessons. And then they can create the virtual classroom and then they can ask uh, the students to join the classroom and then so that the real-time interactive learning will be happen inside the virtual classroom. So you can see that the teachers and students, they can cooperate, they can interact with the others. And then at the end, the students, they can create different, different uh, micro big or raspberry high uh, intelligent device. So uh, I finished my introduction here and then I will uh, pass it to Jason to have a quick demo. So Jason, peace. Jason, I think you have mailed the mic. Okay, everybody hear me now? 
Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that. So right now I'm sharing my screen so everybody can see that um, right now it's the teacher account. This is the virtual classroom, which uh, Leo introduced. You can see that um, we consist of um, various number of students assigned to various groups. So the teacher can uh, perform um, uh, collaboration learning and ensure that students can learn together. So um, I set up an AI example class. So in UNA, how we teach uh, students uh, programming and train up the computational thinking is we um, enable the students to do the programming using a drag and drop approach with various blocks so that students can learn that um, the different um, chronological order of how to perform, in this case, an AI um, application. So in this uh, example is where the students will uh, take a photograph. So I prepare a photograph of an apple here, and then I can I just copy the URL, and then I can just paste it in the block here like this. And then, when um, the picture is uploaded into the, our AI service, it will do some uh, recognition and then provide some output so the student can have some understanding of the um, fundamentals of AI. So when I press the console here, play, as it loads, the student can be able to see the result of the Apple image. And then inside an image, it consists of um, some um, information, for example, what uh, type of object, how uh, close of the confidence value it is, it gets recognized um, to be an apple. So through this um, simple uh, example of the programming exercise, students can be uh, uh, understand the terminology of AI, how it um, outputs various information for the student to understand how does AI receive an input of an image and then transfer it into a data and then recognize it into a specific object, which we can understand. Other than um, just doing the simple recognition, we can also enable the student to um, write, write some output. For example, um, if it detects an apple here, maybe a green light will be, will be switched on. And then so the student can uh, develop their own uh, intelligent devices and do some hands-on work. So um, our platform is quite suitable for, um, especially in this case where COVID-19 interrupts the traditional class suspension, where the student can just log in through our platform and then um, begin the teaching and learning. Mm -hmm. So this is a short demo of our platform. So I'll pass back the mic to Audrey. Yeah, thank you, Jason and Leo. Uh, very great, very great demonstration and introduction. So uh, I already see some potential questions hidden behind. Uh, I will leave that to uh, you guys and also uh, Yu and Zahara later. But uh, for now, Yu and Hadi, this, uh, the mic is yours. Feel free to introduce briefly yourself and also what you're exactly doing with um, DIY Academy and Foundation right now in Indonesia. Yu and Hadi. Uh, yes, uh, let me just... Uh... Open our website first. Sure. Is that a new one? I saw the, the, the website is being added some sometimes. Yeah, yeah, true. So basically we uh we update our websites. All right, so uh good morning everyone or good afternoon. 
my name is Wahyu. Uh, I'm the founder of DIY Academy. So uh, DIY Academy is initially uh, we uh, started as a foundation or NGO. So uh, here in Indonesia, we have entity called Yayasan. So Yayasan can be foundation and NGO. So uh, basically, it's uh, a non-profit uh, as a starting point. Uh, but now we would like to call ourselves a social enterprise, which has focused on education. So before COVID-19, uh, we focus on, uh, I'm going to share our, scare, our, our screen, sorry. Yeah, uh, can everyone see? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, basically, our initial idea was uh, we would like to uh, create a, a community where we would like to empower, educate, and inspire youth. And uh, we would like to focus on uh, creating a community where uh, the youth can learn various skills. And uh, we focus on digital skills. Uh, we, we teach, uh, for example, this is our class. Uh, we have uh, Android development, we have English, English class, we have game development, uh, we have also backend development, and uh, we have a, a program called Coding for Kids. So basically, we teach kids uh, algorithm and uh, the logic behind uh, programming. So uh, we make it fun for kids to learn uh, how to code. Uh, because of the COVID-19, uh, as we all uh, experience uh, this crisis, we would like to uh, pivot our model. So initially, our model is starting as as as, as uh, creating uh, offline classes. So we have various classes, uh, seminars, uh, uh, workshops, and uh, we have uh, short-term workshops like about three days, uh, one to three days, uh, and then we have regular classes. This regular classes, uh, it, I think it lasts. Uh, these regular classes last for about six months. So uh, uh, three months intensive training uh, and three months uh, uh, they do live project. So what they do, they can uh, join internship. They can build MVP for their idea to start new startup, uh, or uh, they can work for company. Uh, sorry, they can uh, build portfolio of uh, something uh, that they can try to solve problem. Uh, so basically, we ask them to put their knowledge into a project and this project can solve the problems. Uh, anyway, uh, our activities, uh, we are building uh, the ecosystem and collaboration, building community, uh, uh, building quality education training. Uh, basically, we try to be uh, a platform that can connect or that can be the bridge between talents and companies. Uh, and uh, in the long run, we would like to be an incubator for uh, mainly focus uh, social enterprise or social uh, 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 innovative startup companies. Now, uh, after the COVID-19, our pivot is more on to developing uh, our products. So we are uh, now working on developing uh, edu ed educational uh, platform uh, where we would like to help universities to uh, hybridize their learning experience. So, uh, for example, uh, you, the students can take customized uh, courses uh, in our uh, application, in our apps, and uh, that courses can be uh, transferable into a real university. Uh, I'll give you uh, an example. So, for instance, 
these students are not sure about uh, whether they want to take marketing degree or computer science, right? So uh, they uh, go to our platform. Uh, they uh, uh, they select digital marketing course, for example, uh, and then uh, this digital marketing course can be credited. Uh, if they want to study computer science or if they want to study marketing degree in a real university. So uh, currently we are trying to build a partnership with uh, private universities. So uh, let's say some of the courses that are aligned with a certain degrees can be taken uh, through our platform. Uh, that can be uh, one model and second model, uh, for example, out of four year degree, they can do uh, one year entirely online uh, and then second year, uh, they uh, they uh, they do it physical. Uh, they do physical uh, uh, learning uh, at the university. Uh, so basically, uh, it is blended learning between online and offline, and uh, hybridize it with conventional uh, universities. And uh, we we got uh, quite positive feedbacks, and uh, we have like uh, uh, a couple of uh, polytechnics and university that would like to uh, join us. I mean, we, we, uh, that would like to. Uh, collaborate with us and 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 use our system in the in the in the future. Uh, but currently, I cannot show you some demonstration for the system because we are uh, working on it. So uh, this is uh, on the stage of uh, uh, we we are developing the UI and UX uh, design for now. So yeah, that's it for DIY Academy. Uh, by the way, for our Edu Tech Pro, uh, app, uh, we call it Edu Go. So DIY Academy is our foundation or profit organization or NGO, uh, whatever name we call it. So it's more onto uh, 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 the, the social side of the entity and Edugo is more like into the real startup for the profit uh, entity. So uh, yeah, that is uh, said for DIY Academy. I leave it back to you, uh, Andre. Thank you, Ayu and Hadi. Um, so uh, before we raise any questions, particularly, um, so uh, Sarhad, uh, stage is awesome. Let me know what. Let us know more of what this Jesco is actually doing right now. Um, we we have learned that Jesco has been digitalizing different schools, uh, especially uh, secondary schools in in Indonesia. How how was that going? And you know what what is the impact so far as as a colleague in the Jesco school? Okay. Okay, let me share uh, the slide. Sure. Are you now in Bekasi? Yeah, I'm in Bekasi right now in the office. Nice. No lockdown in Indonesia? No, but similar with lockdown, but not so, um, like not so strict. We still can go anywhere. <laughs> okay. Cool. Can you see slide? Yeah, yep. Yeah. You can make okay. it. Okay. Thank you. Okay, I will start. Um, hello, guys. I'm Zara. Um, I'm here representing um, our CEO Najib uh, because uh, she he current currently unable to attend this video conference because of an urgent matter. So he expressed his greetings to all of you. We hope you are in good health. Um, that's cool is a platform which provides an application and platform of school management and information, including important aspects such as uh, fingerprint scanner for attendance report uh, for students, 
online examination, school administration, school database, financial report, uh, student achievement report, school news announcement, and also communication platform between uh, teacher, parents, and students. Um, we would like to create a digital uh, ecosystem of education through involving parents with integrated system. Um, that school try to involve parents on every student's school activity, such as progress of student examinations, um, tryout examination, e-learning, homework, presents report, financial report, and other information of school activity through our apps. And that school also has an integrated system that make it easily accessed by user through multi multiple devices such as um, computer, laptop, uh, tablet, or etc. And for school that will be uh, our member will get um, guidance and maintenance support. That school itself was founded in 2017 uh, by a team led by Najib. Until 2019, that school has become selected product by the PPBT Award from the Ministry of Research, Technology and Higher Education Republic of Indonesia for two years. And then um, right now, okay, right now in 2018 and 2019, um, there's a little increasing number of students or premium users by 15%. Uh, one school and increasing profits by 15% in the end of 2019. Uh, based on data, which is shows that there is a less significant step up, then we um, have been trying to provide trial promotions uh, for users. Yeah, we gain more schools to become a free member since we begin the promotion in March 2020. Uh, in the first phase of PSBB, uh, maybe PSBB, we you know, like uh, lockdown, but not too strict. Yeah, the government policy to minimize physical interaction among people during COVID outbreak. So we give um, free services to school, which registered through the building that we share. Um, but the problem is um, our current business model requires teacher to register their student and if they want to become our member, they must be approved by the school. So um, this is because we are referring to the respective school curriculum system. So that uh, we just have 10,000 students from this trial promo. Until now, we uh, have almost 10,000 total users here um, in 2020. These um, increasing numbers, uh, significant increasing numbers, we got after we um, opened the free trial uh, promos to to the users. So, yeah. Then um, after trials and errors, we learned to adapt uh, the market needs. What what the market wants. Um, especially yeah like like right now during um outbreak so from the trial free trial promo we also know that we should simplify our services today um we are developing new business model from b2b or cooperation with school to become accessible for everyone 
um, without signing and or you were face to face meeting like before. So user could register themselves without any permission from school. Teacher could create their own classroom directly and student could attend teacher class. So uh, honestly, these three um, feature is not something new in, in our that uh, school, but we just make it uh, new uh, from, yeah, from uh, we have an maybe like uh, agreement agreement with schools or right now we have uh, like directly interactions with te uh, teachers, students and uh, uh, parents. So in the online learning, we just added a new feature to the online learning feature, which is uh, like uh, assignment feature. So teacher can give assignment easily and students can submit assignment by attaching files. Then we are developing feature when where students can download various study materials or ebook provided by Jet School or partners. So next, we would like to make um, partnerships with bookstore uh, or publishers. Um, yeah, at this time, students can only see the existing study materials online. And we think students need material that can be downloaded. So we try to um, develop this feature. And then for examinations, we are trying to develop an examination system uh, where teacher can create classes and student can take teacher classes simply by entering the class code. And then this previous model couldn't apply because it, it was still related to uh, business model that were binding with schools. And for the last, uh, the third, SJPay. JetPay is currently, um, right now, only function as a monitor of financial records. Uh, how many unpaid bills and other financial reports. However, um, we are currently developing jets that pay as a student payment um, instrument at school. So that can be used the, uh, easily wherever and anytime, and it could be a wallet uh, for schools. But based on this goal, we are studying the flow of fintech in Indonesia due to complicated regulations. Um, that make uh, the development of JetPay a little slow. So it is a JetPay, and if you want to see uh, Jet uh, School, you can visit our website. And yeah, this is our business plan, and we are attempt to provide premium or free and premium services through tri free trials promo in the same time of COVID outbreak promo also. Um, and surprisingly, we have uh, 77 from 10 schools and 10,000 from 50,000 students. And currently, we are still um, under development to make it perfect. Um, that's all for me. We hope uh, we could realize this plan further. Thank you. Sure. Thank you, Zarha. Um, so, yeah. If I if I get it correctly, so right now Jack School is already serving seventy seven schools, and yeah, serving around ten k ten thousand students. Yeah. But do you mean the schools? When okay, so for example, like the uh, DIY while you are serving universities, 
mostly, mm -hmm. and and I believe also some um, high schools or secondary school. Jack schools are mostly targeting uh, secondary school or other kinds of schools. Uh, yeah, uh, we targeting um, elementary school, maybe uh, from, uh, junior high school and high school, because uh, we the we don't um, match. Um, we don't have match. Um, what uh, in for uh, university student? So yeah, we just uh, targeting a high school student, junior junior high student, and junior high school, high school, and elementary school. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Tara. Well, before I go back to Jason and Leo, um, I would like to throw a question to the Indonesian founders first. Is um, can you guys? share a bit more about the background of Indonesia currently. Um, I mean, roughly the demographic of the country, how, how big it is right now for, for our friends from Hong Kong and also for other you know, audience who, who may not be from or who may not be very familiar with uh, Indonesia. How, how is that? Um, because like, uh, if you guys have seen the participant right now, we have friends from Philippines as well. So I think we would like to learn more how the demographic of Indonesia looks like right now and how the thousands island country like Indonesia are suffering from the COVID-19. What is the challenges right now that um, the whole education industry is facing? And, and then it comes to the, you know, the services that Jack School and DIY are providing right now. I think maybe while you can provide a bit more background about that. Okay, uh, do you mind if I share screen? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, okay, uh, let me share screen. So, okay. Yeah, right. can you guys see? Oops. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, in Indonesia, uh, uh, can you guys hear me? By the way. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Yeah. Okay. So basically, uh, we have a huge problem here in Indonesia where uh, we have. Uh, a mismatch between the education and uh, the employment or the real industry uh, and and uh, uh, so many students who just graduated from uh, university uh, they are not ready uh, to jump directly into the real industry and uh, also it's quite interesting to know that uh, since uh, the after the new uh, pres presidential election uh, last year so uh, our president appointed the founder of Gojek, uh, for you guys who don't know Gojek, Gojek is Tika uh, Corn, uh, one of the first Tika Corn uh, uh, company in Southeast Asia. Uh, so Gojek, uh, the founder of Gojek, Nadim Makarim, is currently our Minister of Education. So uh, on that note, uh, we believe that there, there will be a new hope for uh, the new education system in this country. And uh, the challenge is for this country. This country is uh, the, the, the biggest archipelago country in the world. We have more than 17,000 islands uh, across the country. So no doubt that 
online uh, education or e-learning uh, system uh, is the way to go for uh, a spreading high quality education because it's hard to to just focus on good physical infrastructure uh, as a tool or as a way to spread the high quality uh, education uh, especially after this COVID, we we really become more digitalized as, as as a market our our market behavior here in indonesia since project existed in the market we become super digital we we, we want to order food we we just like uh, one click we want to uh, uh, pay bills uh just one click uh we want to uh, buy tickets uh, for uh, different type of uh, transportations. Basically, uh, it's just one click. It's super digitalized uh, uh, now our society. So uh, coming back to the problem of the uh, demographic, uh, the problem of education and uh, the opportunity, uh, the demographic opportunity opportunity in Indonesia. So uh we actually are now uh, have having the uh, demographic bonus so demographic bonus means uh we have a more productive age uh, basically uh, compared to the uh compared to the uh, the old generation so we have more young people to to to, to be on the market to be uh, educated and uh we have uh, about uh, 3.5 million uh, students uh, graduated from high school, vocational high school every year, uh, 1.8 million students capacity of universities and polytechnics each year, 7.5 million still unemployed in this country, uh, and uh, 22 million unemployed with high or vocational school and university degree, uh, and 122 million total workforce in, in, in Indonesia. And uh, the uh, opportunities here I would like to share is about demographic bonus. Uh, as I just told you that uh, I think we have, if uh, I'm not mistaken, 60% uh, uh, plus uh, of our uh, young uh, population. So we have more productive age than the non-productive age. And most of our uh, population, uh, especially the young one, uh, we are tech savvy, we are on social media, we, are, we, are, we have a lot of YouTubers as well. Uh, and 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 basically we're uh, uh, we are very uh, digitalized society and uh, we have uh, unicorns in Southeast Asia uh, largest unicorns such as uh, Gojek, Tokopedia, Bukalapak, Traveloka uh, and uh, now I guess uh, one of the future unicorn is in education which is Ruangguru so uh, Ruangguru is another startup that is in education uh, space as well and this company has got a lot of intention and a lot of uh, funding and also a lot of support from the government so I think uh, now is the right momentum for uh, education startup to be in the Indonesian market and we also have the fastest growing internet users uh, and currently stable government and uh, if uh, <clears throat> Indonesia itself has become the largest spender on information technology in Southeast Asia, uh, the internet here contributed to 2.5% uh, of national GDP in 2016. And, and uh, uh, there's a prediction by uh, 2025, uh, we will gain 125 million internet users. Uh, also, Indonesia has a quite good mobile penetration. Uh, we have 112% mobile penetration with a total of 266 million mobile subscribers. Uh, and it's obviously the world's uh, fourth largest mobile market. 
uh, creative economy has contributed uh, 52 billion US dollar to Indonesia's GDP for the past three years. Uh, export value of uh, 19.4 uh, billion US dollar uh, from creative economy sector contributed to 16 million jobs for Indonesian uh, in 2016. The creative economy has, contrib has contributed to 16 million jobs. Uh, in 2016, and 14 uh, out of 100 people in Indonesia work in creative uh, economy sector. 5.76 percent growth in the creative economy sector. More than energy, more than manufacturing, and uh, more than agriculture sector. And this data we got from Indonesian Ministry of ICT 2018. Uh, this is the Nadi Makarem, the Minister of Education and founder of Gojek. Uh, yeah, so I think uh, that is the data, the opportunity, uh, I would say, uh, that uh, we uh, see as a poten potential in this country. Initially, before uh, we, we, uh, before we have this COVID-19, we focus on uh, three piece uh, investments, which is uh, we invest in people, we invest in places, we invest in programs. But currently, our, our business models uh, in a way, we have like uh, quite uh, a, a, a difference. We we do pivot. Uh, we do pivot, uh, not focusing on space and 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 physical ecosystem anymore. But we uh, bring our focus from uh, uh, being physical uh, focus ecosystem into digital focus ecosystem. Yeah, I leave it to you, Andre. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Mayu. Uh, well, I think I think. Uh, you have laid out a very clear um, background of Indonesia as a whole. I have a very important question to uh, first to Leo and Jason about after learning, you know, roughly Indonesia and also I believe most of the emerging countries like Southeast Asia are sharing quite a similar thing. H high population of youth, uh, very test savvy, but being test savvy doesn't mean that they don't need to learn. Um, we, we are very adaptive to social media because we are born with that. Um, but at the same time, like what Jason and Leo are serving right now, um, is, is more at the edge of the teaching, which is how students can effectively learn the coding, which is more the language itself. It's like you, you watch American movie doesn't mean that you have a good language skills. So my, my question to Jason and, and Leo is, um, well, first of all, would you foresee e-learning at the end would increase inequality in the sense that uh, on, on one hand, Hong Kong is putting STEM education into sort of formal curriculum right now, but, but STEM actually is still not yet a formal education in Indonesia. Do, do you think at the end that e-learning platform or the rapid implementation of e-learning platform in the places like Hong Kong would actually go faster and that would at the end widen the inequality of the poor and the wealthier. That means the people who enjoy the privilege of learning coding, learning AI, learning STEM, they will remain in the workforce, formal workforce and formal economy. And those who don't get a chance to learn it, at the end they will fall back, they would not get employed. As you can see in Indonesia, there are 7.5 million unemployed. I, I assume they're definitely not those, not, not just uh, underprivileged people, but also they may not get a chance to get up to the skills. Would would, would you foresee the inequality will go widen while while everyone here is implementing e-learning platform? 
Um, so this is my first question. Uh, just like to see whether Jason and Leo have any thoughts on that. Okay, thank you. Um, maybe uh, I will have some sharing of my previous research first and uh, let Jason have to add some comments uh, after my sharing. Uh, actually, uh, I look at uh, the uh, Wahoo's your slide and I also found that actually the same or similar employment problem actually also happens in Hong Kong. And nowadays, uh, Hong Kong are promoting more on startups. Uh, so uh, we need more, we have uh, um, the demand of the programmers or technical uh, persons that uh, actually we, 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 we are looking for. And, but we do not have uh, enough uh, uh, qualified uh, programmers or uh, technical uh, persons, uh, graduates that can work in this industry. So you can see that there is a, there is a change uh, also uh, is uh, doing, uh, is happening in, in Hong Kong. And go back to your questions, and which is about the STEM educations uh, that it uh, should be, or uh, will it be happen in a formal, uh, 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 curriculum or formal subjects, uh, maybe uh, learning inside a uh, school. And actually, uh, you can find that the STEM education, this term, has been promoted uh, six or seven years ago from US. And there is a lot of uh, different uh, Western countries are also promoting STEM education. And I also discussed with uh, different international schools. Actually, they, they won't. Uh, even mentions uh, a lot about STEM. Actually, they are working on many different hands-on activities. This is already similar to those uh, STEM education that we are looking for. And go back to Asian countries, uh, say for example, in Japan, Korea, or in China, we are promoting uh, having coding, uh, programming, coding uh, subjects uh, to, to be a regular subject that uh, they need to teach uh, in say IT subjects or in 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 the regular lessons. So you can see this is a global trend that uh, uh, people, including in Hong Kong, educators in Hong Kong, that we are now changing uh, the the, uh, the 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 uh, the time slot. I would say most important is the scheduling of the of the school that not just focusing on some uh, regular subjects, but putting in more on STEM educations. But the way that we are facing is when or which subject or in which part that we need to put in these STEM activities. So uh, many different schools, they do it uh, differently uh, inside uh, in, in Hong Kong. So maybe five or uh, three or five years later, we will have a more clear picture how different schools or how the schools in Hong Kong should have these STEM activities to be conducted in different schools. Now, what we are working is more on focus on coding. So this is uh, why we usually first approach IT teachers. And in from Hong Kong government in 2017, they have already published a document that is to uh, promote, to, to provide a regulation that you, you are not a must to follow, but the schools are, 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 are we, we want the schools to follow is that we put the computational thinking curriculum inside the IT courses, mm -hmm. not just teaching students about Excel or email. We spend more time in teaching them how to how to do the coding, how to train their skills to solve a problem. So you can see that uh, in, in Hong Kong, 
we we uh, uh, keep changing our uh, our curriculum or keep changing the ways we teach. And more, I want to add is about the COVID nineteen uh, uh, effect. I would say <laughs> you can see that nowadays uh, many school teachers in Hong Kong they are willing to adopt a new technology, especially the online conferencing tools. They explore and find the best tool they want to use or they, they need to use. And then they do the teaching online. Uh, almost, I, I would say over 90% of them, school teachers, they have not done that before. But suddenly COVID-19 comes and then they need to uh, accept this and then do this online. I can see uh, many different schools, uh, they can also uh, have these lessons uh, similar to the way they teach uh, inside a traditional classroom. But uh, uh, whether uh, another, uh, other some educators or education researchers also point out one of the problems that we need to discuss this through the online teachings, can we uh, also achieve some standard, a certain level of standard that uh, the teaching quality can keep just like the traditional classroom? Because we actually know that face-to-face -face teaching should be better because the teachers can immediately provide uh, a, a very good feedback to the students. But more important is if we cannot do this in traditional classroom, if we do it online, is there any other ways or is there any technology that can help to achieve a certain level of standard that, that we, we are looking for? So this is also a question or this comes to the business opportunities for different tester apps that we can focus more on to achieve a teaching level standard or providing good teaching quality for the school teachers. I think we we all need this kind of tools that help to do the teaching. So uh, this is uh, my sharing. Maybe Jason, do you have any comments to add here? Yeah, uh, thank, thank you, Leo. Um, I would like to add, um, because uh, earlier on, we realized that um, digitalization is a trend for um, the society nowadays. Um, acquiring the skills of programming and coding is essential. I, I can take myself as an example. I graduated my PhD in mechanical engineer, a more uh, traditional subject um, in, the, in the society. But um, after graduation, instead of going into a factory or finding a job as a consultant, I joined Leo's company. This is because um, I'm aware that um, without digitalization, such skills in programming, I may be um, um, can be easily eliminated in regarding the skill the skill gap. So going back to um, Andrew's question earlier on, um, if students nowadays do not acquire the skills of programming, would they be less likely to um, uh, or more difficult to find a job? I would say um, it's a yes, but I think it's more important. Um, through our platform as an example is um, how we um, develop the passion and the interest of the students in um, computational thinking and coding. Because um, I can share a bit more on our curriculum is that um, rather than giving a recipe or a formula for the students to just follow the instructions on the coding, we actually um, encourage them to actually um, to think about the process um, by embedding some engineering and some physics elements, for example, other than the coding exercise, what's the logic behind of the code? How do you, um, for, for example, use an input 
to trigger an output of a hardware sensors in order to make some intelligent devices. So I think by um, having um, a more overall programming and hands-on work for the students, it will um, be easier to nurture their passion and interest towards uh, programming, which can um, benefit them when they pick a future job. Because we're not um, specifically limiting the students to be future programmers. We want them to have the computational thinking where they can use such digitalization skills for the future employment. So that's the end of my sharing to, towards this question. I'll pass back the mic to Andrew. Yeah, thank you. Uh, oops, okay. Thank you, uh, Leo and Jason. So uh, very good point. Um, why you and Sarah uh, and also even Hardy, um, do you guys agree on that? And also, uh, do, do you guys also share, share the same or similar thoughts and responses, um, you know, from their perspective, like Indonesia, is, is, is Indonesia actually also focusing something similar? And also, uh, if yes, then, but then what is the challenge? Uh, do you think the internet infrastructure, uh, even though people, young people are being very tech savvy, um, what, what is, do you have any concerns about, you, about Indonesia? Yeah, uh, so uh, thank you, uh, Jason and uh, Leo and Andre for the comments. Uh, I, I I completely agree with uh, the statements earlier uh, stated by uh, you guys about uh, how important it is uh, in today's generation to learn how to code. And uh, uh, I think uh, the COVID-19 effect, it will make it like more uh, required. <laughs> it's like a mandatory to learn about uh, computer uh, language, not just uh, human language, but computer language. Uh, and yeah, it will make it like if you understand the computer language, it will uh, make you more competitive uh, on the job market, basically, regardless of your uh, profession. Because even if you are uh, on the uh, profession uh, of the management level, like as, as a manager or you're applying for uh, some C-level or some uh, managerial level, uh, having uh, skills to understand how to code, to understand computer language is actually uh, very helpful because when it comes to managing uh, technical people, if you yourself know or understand about how it works, they will not like play around with you or uh, they will not like uh, try to make excuses like if the projects are uh, on delay or if the if 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 the team cannot uh, hit deadline and things like that so uh you can also be the bridge between uh, the business and the engineering team basically and then try to communicate it in more uh, understanding way uh, uh, between these two parties so yeah i completely agree also in indonesia uh, the problem is actually uh, we we in my opinion we are lacking of good tech teachers good tech mentors so uh my my mission is actually to create more mentors first before scaling the numbers of students uh because uh uh there are uh there are many uh tech mentors or teachers or lecturers who are not up to date about the the, the current technology basically so what they teach is like quite outdated technology. So I would like to, uh, in a way, address that problem first, where uh, we should have 
uh, a solid platform or uh, a solid uh, organization, community or association where we can train more teachers, more mentors, more lecturers uh, to have uh, good high quality of understanding about the current technology and how we can make them uh, easy to pass on their knowledge, easy to pass their knowledge on their students. And, and I think uh, the more good quality of mentors that we have, and then uh, the easier for us to uh, basically attract students to learn more because some of us some of the students uh, they are afraid of math and they think that learning uh, computer language is like learning a, a, a trigonometry or learning uh, that kind of uh, uh, complex uh, math formula but with the the right person with with direct methodology of teaching with a direct person to pass on uh, the teaching materials I think learning uh, coding uh, has to be fun you know it, it, uh, one of the programs that we uh, would like to implement which is in the program of coding for kids we don't teach kids about the codes itself uh, just to understand uh, the, the coding but uh, we teach the students first uh, or the kids first to understand how it works, how the logic behind it, the algorithm, and, and we teach them through games. So it is more fun than teaching them uh, uh, in a traditional way where we show them uh, 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 PHP language or if we show them uh, HTML and stuff like that without showing them the fun side, which is the game. So uh, we try to implement that through game and long, the, long uh, uh, down the road uh, we would like to also develop game uh, that makes uh, students uh, easy uh, to learn about the, uh, the coding uh, yeah and another problem uh, for Indonesia is actually uh, the geography uh, the, the geographic location uh, that we have Indonesia has more than 17,000 islands and most of the good uh, quality of education that can be accessed here mostly centralized in Java, Java Island. So Java is the most populous island uh, for Indonesia. And uh, we have like three student city. Uh, I guess the first one is Malang, eh, sorry, uh, Jogja. And uh, second, uh, Malang and Bandung, uh, third Bandung. So uh, among these three cities, uh, a lot of uh, students or, or Indonesian uh, uh, young generation, as soon as they finish high school, they go to these three cities to pursue their higher education, uh, like university uh, level of uh, education. And then as soon as they finish, most of them, they work in Jakarta or in big cities like Surabaya and other cities. They will not stay in Jogja because uh, the living costs or the, 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 the minimum wage in Jogja is very uh, low. So it's good to study in Jogja, but not, not, not a good place to start your career. Like, as an employee so basically people mostly go to jakarta and this creates like unbalanced economy uh regionally you know like uh, java as an island is more developed than the other islands of indonesia so how can we build the human capital first so that we can build the cities the other regions the other islands to be catching up with the island of java so the, the, the root of the problem is education. Uh, I think what creates innovation, what creates technology, what creates a, 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 a solution is the human. So how can we empower human capital first before we're, we start thinking about building infrastructure, physical infrastructure, or before we start uh, building uh, more routes or more uh, highway? Uh, I think uh, we would like 
government to focus more on human human capital uh, development and i guess uh, this is the vision of our current minister of education uh, nadima karim who himself is the uh, founder of uh, one of the largest uh, uh, company in southeast asia yeah thank you uh, uh, i pass it yeah. to you andre uh so we we have two very special friends um from the philippines joining the call right now uh well, actually, I have a very interesting question to follow up. But then before I raise these questions, because one of our friends in the Philippines may need to rush for another meeting. So I think I will pass it to, I, I would like to cue them in, uh, if you guys don't mind. I would like to cue them in to share uh, some thoughts and also some of what they are doing in the Philippines as well. So maybe even Leo and Jason, maybe even Ryu and Zahar will be interested in catching up with them more later. So uh, we, we first have Jennifer here and also Jennifer and uh, Tony Lili. Uh, so they both they both serve the uh, agency in the Philippines government called CHETS. So full name Commission of Higher Education in um, the Philippines under the prime uh, president office of the Philippines. I think um, we can have Jennifer to, Jennifer is also one of the city partner of um, Future City Summits here. So. Uh, Jennifer, can you hear? And would be good if you can share a bit more yourself, and you can also introduce um, a Tony Lily to, I think, commonly share what what uh, Chat has been uh, surfing and preparing for education ecosystem in the Philippines for now, amid the COVID nineteen. My pleasure, Andre. Thank you so much, brother. Why you? Hello. Uh, my name is Jennifer. I've been with the Future City since the, found, uh, the founding of that in 2016. And right now, I am connected with the Commission on Higher Education. Um, I take good care of the desk officer of the Middle East and African Affairs. And at the same time, I'm into uh, policy preparation and uh, preparation also of highly technical papers for our ASEAN trade and economics. Um, right now, uh, attorney, I am with Attorney Lili. She is our boss from the International Affairs. Um, she's the director of the International Affairs staff and at the same time, our deputy executive uh, director of the commission. So, um, guys, um, may I introduce you, uh, Attorney Lili, ma'am? Thank you, Jennifer. I thought I was just going to uh, um, make some additions on statements uh, that you'll be making. And anyway, thank you, Andre, for this um, invitation to be part of of your um, webinar. Uh, for the Philippines, and hi, Wayu, nice to hear your voice. <laughs> hey, um, hey, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, for the Philippines, um, we are at when um, when the COVID struck. Uh, I think as a, as a country, uh, we were one of the first to immediately declare the um, community quarantine or or the lockdown. This, in effect, really affected uh, many of our students based on the data that we have for our basic education from the eight to 12, there are about 27.8 million students, 84% of which belongs in the primary and secondary education. And for higher education, for the universities and colleges, 
when there are 2.9 million enrolled, 54% of these are enrolled in fact in private uh, schools. Um, in the Philippines, there are over 1,900 uh, institutions, higher education institutions, and 80% um, of these are private institutions. I need to emphasize this one because the private institutions are also filling a lot of the wants uh, of the closures of uh, of the of the institution. Um, for the Philippines, we do not emphasize early online learning, but rather what we call flexible learning. And uh, flexible learning, while well, online learning, of course, we know is one of the types of, of distance learning and often referred to as e-learning. For flexible learning, we would like to look into alternative arrangements. It's 1,900 institutions spread out over 7,461 um, islands. And we're in the digital connect. The connection is, you know, also very, very uneven. And I think uh, the Philippines is also uh, quite low in terms of internet uh, connectivity. So we want to use both digital and non-digital uh, technology. Uh, we would like to have uh, uh, the connectivity must involve uh, technology that is both virtual or collaborative. And we want to also uh, look into uh, correspondence, um, uh, correspondence delivery, and even narrow casting for uh, national and community radios and um, cable. While there are uh, universities primarily here in Metro Manila and in uh, the metropolis that have been doing online uh, learning even uh, before um, enhanced community quarantine, a lot, especially in the provinces, have uh, 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 have very uh, scant exposure uh, to this uh, to this methodology more so the administration, the faculty, and even the teachers. So we do understand that. That's why the commission is now running a uh, a very uh, rapid uh, rapid survey to determine uh, levels of capacity of faculty and also of the students. Because we do understand that in one institution, you cannot just say that okay, there's an LMS. We provide you with the with the infrastructure. Uh, we provide you with the infrastructure. But uh, how about the readiness? Not just of the faculty to teach in this platform, but also the acceptance of the students and even of the administration, the structure uh, itself. Uh, and we cannot also say that we just have to apply um, uh, online learning for one institution, even if we give them all the infrastructure for that one. There will you will need to also identify students in certain categories, and those categories would be those who can have full uh, connectivity, partial connectivity, or no connectivity at all. So that interventions can be had in accordance to what uh, uh, to whatever their, what their capacity um, is. For our school opening. Uh, the chair declared that it would be a rolling opening for us. While most of the institutions, especially the public institutions, open now, uh, have their school openings um, in August. Uh, this will now be dependent on the readiness of the school to.
to do um, e-learning and for those that can also implement flexible learning. From this day, May, because that is what the, the chair, our minister declared, there will already be the start of um, massive uh, capacity building and preparation to as we transition into this uh, into this new normal. There will also be uh, efforts to look on the financial impact uh, uh, on the opening, on the late opening, especially for the private uh, private institutions. Internship is a big challenge for us. You must also see that when the, all the standards and the rules pertaining to particular academic programs were prepared by the Commission, these were all taken into the context of uh, a classroom setting. Okay, and wherein there is a requirement of minimum of minimum uh, units or contact hours. But the world is, the, the world has changed has changed. And so therefore we must we must also change. So the great, one of the big challenges there will be the internship, the ones that would require actual um, uh, experience uh, immersion in the hospitals, in the communities, in companies, in laboratories. So uh, we are connecting with our inter international partners with respect to this, and we are learning also from the good practices on how our uh, international network um, address these uh, challenges. And we are just really so happy that at this point when seemingly we are all required to do physical distancing, we can feel the, the, the connectivity in uh in our in our network we have more time to at least even go online like this one and discuss and be and discuss um issues share experiences and together we journey into solutions so how do we address this in the philippines uh definitely there must be as declared by our minister a continuity of learning learning will not stop the way that we address challenges through creativity and the way that we overcome also challenges is through greater connectivity, not just the digital connectivity, but also our personal connectivity. And uh, so in a nutshell, that is what we're doing. Thank you, Tony Lili. Thank you so much. Uh, I hope definitely um, the, the following, I mean, the fellow share speakers uh, and also founders of uh, these three ventures in Hong Kong and Indonesia would be of help in future. And uh, I think definitely Jennifer is also pulling off some projects and uh, missions right now for the Philippines. And uh, uh, definitely, uh, Jennifer, do you have anything to add on before we wrap up? Yes. Okay. Yes, um, thank you, Attorney Lili. Uh, right now, since um, as what mentioned by, by Attorney, that we are the Commission is really uh, putting all its efforts to help uh, Philippine higher education institutions, uh, specifically on the poly policy preparation, uh, because of the new norm or the new normal uh, set by. Uh, or caused by this pandemic. So definitely, some of our programs, international exchanges would have a different picture, would have a different form. Hence, we have to uh, modify and um, produce hybrid um, programs. Uh, I would like to appeal from my brothers 
from the Feature City Summit or from the Good City Foundation, like why you, the founder of the our DIY to if you can, and also the Magic Cube can extend your brotherly uh, support with us, especially on the forthcoming programs that we are preparing. Uh, you you are always welcome to to give us uh, your suggestions, your thoughts, um, not only for the profit side, but as what mentioned by YU has something to do with the people, and then eventually the profit would come in. So, um, Andre, thank you so much also for uh, bringing this up. You know, this kind of uh, platform wherein uh, from the Philippine higher education institutions and our brothers from the from the Good City Foundation all over se the sectors. And if this is not only uh, per organization, but it has something to do with the sector, especially that we are trying to help the address the food security as well as the health and economy of each nation. Thank you very much, Wayu and the Magic Cube guys. Thank you, Jennifer. Yeah. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Tony Lee. Thank you. So uh well, definitely I think we can um uh line up and also uh you know create a group for everyone to continue the conversation. But uh time's running very short to wrap up. Um we'd like to take a very quick minute to for everyone, especially uh, starting from Leo and then maybe Jason, Sarah and Bayou to comment one very common thing and common term that I believe you all have shared during your speaking. One is the, the one word ecosystem. Um, MegaCube, Jack School, and also DIY are actually serving quite, um, well, they're similar, but different domains and also stakeholders in the ecosystem and also segments in the schools and learning uh, sector. My, my last questions are actually more like a wrap up um, sharing from everyone, uh, a brief one uh, before we, went, we, we end this call is, how, how do you foresee, no matter with these COVID nineteen or pandemic or all, uh, how how would you, how would you guys would briefly foresee the upcoming future ten years of um, learning in schools, and and how would your venture actually, uh, how would you guys see the so called ecosystem, the the scope, the scope of ecosystem? I believe we all see quite differently in the sense that. Uh, the company is self-building as a system or the whole learning platform. Uh, we have three different learning platforms here already, DIY, Jack School, and MagiCube. And how would these differences of ecosystem come together at the end? Uh, where is the connectivity and one is the, where, where is the universality that the platforms and the ecosystem can come together at the end? to overcome the barrier of inequality and also overcome the barrier of um, multiple other challenges across the geographies. Yeah, maybe Leo, you can share first and then Jason, Sarah, and Vayu. Um, maybe I use few sentences to, to have a quick conclusion. I think uh, after COVID-19, uh, more people, uh, they will have experience uh, doing online teaching and learning. Uh, I foresee that uh, in in the past, people will ask uh, why we need to teach online, why we do not online. But in the future, after they know that oh, actually you can save your time, you can learn anywhere, people will ask why why we need to learn offline, why we need to go to the death centers. We can save your time, you can do it at home. <laughs> so this is what I think 
in three or five years later, that will change the world and change how we learn through the online platform for different e-learning tools. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Leo. Yeah. Jason, you have any words to share? Um, I think after the post-COVID-19, the education environment will be changed. There will be, people will be more confident and familiar with the platform. But another thing we have to be aware of is um, since there's a lot of rise in this various platform, how do we ensure the education quality? How do we ensure the, the effectiveness of the education can be passed on to the students? This is one concern we need to be aware of. So um, I think um, in, regarding how to ensure the education quality, we have to look at the features of the various um, online platform that is available, such as, for example, does it in um, how can it facilitate um, learning, for example, um, on coding? Um, does it encourage the student to think, have an independent uh, thinking process on the logical thinking? Um, can it uh, create an interesting learning environment? Um, for, for example, um, in our platform, we promote collaborative learning where the students can work in groups and then they can combine their ideas together. Because a lot of times in coding activities, there's no one single solution to tackle, tackle or resolve the problem. There's multiple ways of doing it. How do we set up such an environment for the students to trigger their thinking, share their ideas and learn collaboratively? This is um, an interesting point which we should uh, focus on as well. Thank you, Jason. So, how you have any works from Jack School? Yeah, um, I think um, after this uh, COVID outbreak, uh, people will be more familiar with technology, and it will be golden opportunity for us to uh, grow our uh, technology and develop our uh, idea into the education and in technology. Ah. Uh, Thank you, Sarah. Um, why you and Adi, do you guys have a to share at the end? Uh, uh, hello? Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, to me, I think uh, uh, post-COVID-19, uh, that would be very interesting to see, actually, to predict. Uh, I think, in my opinion, uh, people will be more tech-savvy like obviously because we are forced to stay home and to utilize the online, uh, the internet and the digital uh, infrastructure, facilities, tools, apps, whatever. Uh, we are forced to use that. We, we are forced to adapt on the digital uh, behavior. And uh, automatically it makes the population, um, mainly the young people become much more tech savvy. So they become much more familiar with the existing platforms that makes their life easy uh, or easier, basically. And uh, I think uh, also uh, after this COVID-19, uh, I see that uh, the educational institutions will adapt as well, will change their, uh, their strategy on uh, the learning experience. This is my personal prediction. So I think in the future, uh, school, physical school will be just maybe uh one day maximum three days in a week and the rest of the days within a week they will learn whatever they want like online they will learn remotely and a physical uh presence for uh education is just needed to train the students to have social skills 
So uh, imagine if the, the students, the high school students, they come to school basically just to socialize, just to do networking, mm -hmm. like we adult do a business networking. So uh, they come to the school just to do networking, uh, to practice their social skills, to uh, mingle. Uh, but the rest of the days within the week, uh, they will learn uh, mostly uh, through online platform. And, and uh, it comes along with the assignments, the, the behavior uh, of the teachers, how the teachers uh, deliver their uh, 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 learning materials. This will be completely changed uh, and it will be more digitalized and it means also uh, it, it is more efficient. And schools will, instead of building more physical infrastructure, schools or universities now have to start thinking about building the digital infrastructure more than before, like more than uh, they're thinking about building uh, uh, physical infrastructure, like building and, 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 and other uh, physical facilities. So uh, they need to focus more on building the human capital, which is the mentors or the teachers or the lecturers, and they need to focus more on building the digital infrastructures. So that is uh, my, 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 my prediction. And uh, also homeschooling, uh, in a way, will be more popular as well. Uh, Hadi, do you want to add on something? Uh, well, actually, yes. Uh, talking about the uh, challenges that uh, Andre Park mentioned before, like yeah, like uh, in Indonesia, like more, more of um, like almost fifty percent of the population they are concentrated in Java Island. So, and we also have like really huge inequality in education. So uh, that um, the wisdom that we we can get from this uh, COVID-19 outbreak is that uh, now, yeah, well, people like, uh, especially the older generations, like our teachers, even the lecturers, like um, I, I heard from my, uh, my, my, my friends at, at college, like even like a lot of our lecturers, they, they have no clue what to do with the uh, online uh, platform learning. Like they, they, they don't, they don't even know how, how to do it. So, so uh, nowadays, like people uh, get more realized and realize that uh, it is very important to uh, to build more the digital assets that Wahyu has just mentioned. So, uh, yeah, it is uh, our uh, opportunity, like yeah, for MakeCube, like the Iowa Academy, uh, and even like get school to leverage uh, our network, and we can work together to uh, to like yeah to make the future of schools and learning to be more efficient and yeah and accessible for everyone cool i think that's it for me guys yeah thank you so much hadi uh i think that's pretty much for the conversation today um for whoever would like to catch up and also follow up any points or any conversation with everyone anyone anything um, feel free to drop us a message in the page uh, and also on the event page and uh i think for the speakers we would like to catch up each other we have whatsapp group for Jennifer and Tony Lely, uh, we will be following up to each other. Um, so that's pretty much for today. And thank you so much again for leaving, um, Jason. Andre, yeah. uh, sorry, um, is, this is for everyone. Uh, will there be another um, opportunity for us to meet again? Because uh, while we were discussing, there are some things that we can also uh, talk or propose with you guys and uh, probably uh, brainstorm again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, we we can. Uh, what I can do is I can make up a, a definitely a WhatsApp group and also uh, 
uh, even a email group for following up everything. And uh, I think I think the the internet is very helpful to connecting us all. So uh, I think we can wrap up here, and uh, I will definitely facilitate the conversation for 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 everything to get more connected. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. So, yeah. So once again, thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, Leo, Jason, Sarah, Wayu, Hadi, and uh, Shem, and everyone who pulled this off. And uh, appreciate all, all the time given and contribute for conversations. Uh, we'll wrap up and also give a brief summary for the conversation later on. So once again, thank you very much, everyone. And um, uh, we will follow up and also expecting the next conversation soon again. Thank you, Andre. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. 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 Thank you.